0: Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Trunkers Podcast. I am your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is nine thirty-one a.m. here on February the twenty-first. This is Monday. Also, this is Family Day across Ontario. Thank you for joining me, and it is history time on residential school systems here in Canada. Well, good morning, people across Canada and around the world. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI, for your information. Well, it's another holiday here across Ontario and uh, some other provinces uh, that recognize uh, Family Day. So if you're off today, um, enjoy your, enjoy your day uh, with your family. Get outside because it's going to be another beautiful day across here, Southern Ontario. I'm going to be on the plus side of the Temperatures. So, for anybody living here in Ontario, Canada, what's open and what's closed? So, Family Day 2022 is today and that means some businesses and services will be closed. And the Family Day holiday is recognized in Ontario as well as some other Canadian provinces But it is, it is not a federal statutory holiday. So what's closed government offices, banks, most major grocery stores, the beer store, the liquor stores, library services, city services, including garbage collections. There might be a selected grocery stores that may be open with reduced hours, most major malls with possibility of reduced hours, most theaters and museums, most pharmacies with the possibility of re- reduced hours and the transit. <clears throat> so, of course, schools are also closed today. Recognition of Family Day. And that, so get out there and uh, have fun um, with the kids. There's lots of stuff to be doing out there um, today. You know, for people who like to get out there, maybe go and enjoy the outdoor rinks, our uh, our ski hills, our Bogging hills, the tubing hills, all these fun activities. Like I said, it is milder out there today. You can get out there and make snowmans um, with the kids. And that. so, yeah, I am off today as well. That's why I'm out here being able to uh, do this podcast. Uh This Monday morning at 9.30 a.m. Now, I just wanted to say this to, um, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, here across Canada, North America, and other democracy countries. You have no no idea how good you got it. You really don't know. You know, and when I when I hear people, you know, yelling freedom, you gotta, you know, how stupid that really sounds in a free country. Now, I want to come out here and, uh, you know, I, I probably talked about this. But who knows? Could have been last year sometime. You know, but um, the federal government um, had introduced a, a reconciliation day. And that was uh, for September the 30th, which would be every year on September 30th. With the indigenous people of Canada. Now, you wouldn't think that, you know, a nation like Canada would have such a black eye. You know, everybody looks at At Canada as this, you know, country that uh, even, you know, back in uh, slavery, that people would, you know, Canada helped bring Black African Americans to freedom. But we have our own dark history in this country. It is something that was never taught in history throughout our school system. I never learned anything about residential schools. What they were, what they were about. Never heard any talk about residential schools. And it wasn't until prime ministers would apologize about the residential school systems, and this would be back back in, in the 90s. You know, the, the, the world of, of uh, media, uh, like computers and internets, it was still very young. Cell phones just coming out, they weren't the high-tech phones we have today, it was just a handheld telephone that you could just dial numbers. You couldn't search the Internet. It wouldn't even been in the Internet. You know, some history of this country... And you think about it and thinking, how could this even possibly even happen? And the indigenous people speaking about it, what took place in some of these and all of these residential school systems, and not being believed. The truth of reconciliation. Is what the government has called it, and time will tell, you know, how serious the government really is when it comes to truth and reconciliation. There's some backgrounder on the residential school system. You know, the residential schools for the Indigenous children existed in Canada from the 17th century until the late 1900s. And during the 19th and 20th centuries, a formal system for the residential schooling for Indigenous children was established and expanded throughout Canada. Concerted federal government involvement in residential schools began in the 1880s. It is estimated that at least 150,000 First Nations, Inuit, and Metis children attended residential schools during this period. Now, these schools were largely operated by certain churches and religious organizations and administered and, and funded by The federal government as a key aspect of colonialism. Thank you for joining me this morning. I'm your host Doug from Ontario, Canada. I hope you're having a fine Monday wherever you are in this world. And just before you came on the show here, um, today is family day here in Ontario. Uh, Most businesses, closed. I am off today. Some uh, might be a few other provinces that are recognizing today as family day and this came about oh probably about I would say about 10 years ago. Uh, The holiday was put in place because of the long stretch between the Christmas break and the March break. And uh, put another long weekend in between. It is is not a federal stat holiday. It's a provincial holiday. So there are places that can still open or choose to open and go to work and and do whatever. But um, schools and everything are closed today as well, uh, being family day. And that, so. Um, getting back uh, to the uh, the residential school system, like I was saying, you know, people would think you know, when people look at Canada, and um, you would you wouldn't you wouldn't think that Canada has a really dark history, you know, and and we do. And it's a serious, serious black eye uh, when it comes to the residential school systems in the indigenous people of Canada. And these schools, like I said before you came on here, existed in Canada from the 17th century all the way through the 1900s. And this is something that was never taught in history. Throughout the public school system, the Catholic school system, none of this. I never learned anything about the residential school systems in history class. Now, the government of Canada, last year, May, September the 30th, the Truth and Reconciliation Day is a national federal holiday. Now, these residential schools here in Canada... And in the 1800, 1800s or late 1800s, it is estimated that at least 150,000 First Nation, Inuit, and Métis children attended residential schools during this period. In certain churches and religious organizations and administered by and funded by the federal government as a key aspect of colonialism. And the system was imposed on Indigenous peoples as part of a broad set of uh, of efforts to destroy their rich cultures, cultures and identities, and to suppress their histories. And the accounts of these residential school survivors provide critical insight into the devastating experience children had at a residential school and the long-term impact of these experiences not only on survivors but also on their families and communities and throughout the system's history indigenous peoples fought against the system in many ways and the efforts of residential school survivors to tell their stories and to seek justice has been a crucial catalyst in the growing public recognition of the harm and the effects of residential schools. And earlier, before you, you came on here, you know, I was saying that, you know, <clears throat> living in, in, in society today and, and living in a democracy You have no idea how good you have it. You really don't. With everything that's happened, you know, throughout you know, these, these even these these past three week, past three weeks here in Canada. You know, when I hear people yelling freedom and you know, how stupid that sounds in a free country Now during these times in the mid 1800s and during the years of the system was in place the indigenous people were forcibly removed from their homes and at school were often subject to harsh discipline malnutrition and starvation poor health care physical emotional and sexual abuse neglect and the deliberate suppression of their cultures and languages thousands of children died while attending residential schools and the burial sites of many remain unknown and the truth and reconciliation commission of canada described the residential school system as a cultural genocide The trauma included lower levels of education and social attainment, interpersonal violence and broken relationships between parents and the children. And the residential schools undermine fundamental aspects of indigenous cultures by separating indigenous peoples from their traditional knowledge of ways of life, language, family structures and connections to the land. And you have it so fricking bad in this world and the way the indigenous people are still being treated today. And out for the earliest days of the schools, objections were raised by students, their families, and the indigenous leaders. They protested from everything from attend- uh, uh, protested everything from attendance to poor conditions, mistreatment, uh, mistreatment, and the inadequate quality of schooling itself. And the children fought against the system by refusing to go, to let go of their languages and identities. Some children ran away from the schools in effort to return home. Some died in the process. And in the decades. When the schools were shutting down, indigenous peoples fought for official acknowledgement of the harms inflicted by the schools. And who was the real architect behind these residential school systems? Thank you for joining me, people coming on my show. John A. MacDonald, the first uh, premier of Canada, he was the real architect behind these residential schools here in Canada. Surrey MacDonald of Canada, the founding prime minister, played the instrumental role of initiating, supporting, and defending the residential school systems in the late 19th century. It was MacDonald who served as the superintendent general of the Indian affairs and was responsible for overseeing the establishments of residential school systems. Levagan, he was the Minister of Public Works in McDonald's cabinet. He played an important role in the advocating for the residential schools in 1883. And Levagan spoke in favors of the school. In fact, as if you wish to educate these children, you must separate them from their parents during the time that they are being educated, if you leave them in the family, they may know how to read and write, but they still remain savages. Whereas by separating them in the way proposed, they acquire the habits and the taste. And it is hoped only the good taste of civilized people. So I guess back in the mid-1800s, the indigenous people, to according to Lavigan and Surrey MacDonald, that they were savages. They weren't asked, you know, it's not like then the government, then Surrey McDonald. They didn't ask the parents. If they could go to these schools, they forcefully took them. Now, Sir Macdonald, and it's not the first time that um, uh, in in his, in his quotes. And like I, you know, so, you know, Lavigan, you know, recited that they were savages. Sir A. MacDonald, he says, when the school is on the reserve, the children lives with its parents who are savages. And though he may learn to read and write, his habits and training mode of thought are Indian. He is simply a savage who can read and write. And it's been strongly impressed upon myself as head of the department that Indian children should be withdrawn as much as possible from the uh, parental influence. And the only way to do that would be to put them in a central training industrial school where they will require the habits and modes of thoughts of a white man. 1879. Imagine that. And like I said, you know, ladies and gentlemen, none of this, none of this stuff, the, 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 the residential schools um, was ever taught in history class. Ever. The last residential school in this country closed in 1995. How could that have even happened? 1995. And the survivors... of the 20th century speak out about what was going on in these residential schools, you know, and only not to, you know, to be believed that they were just exaggerating, that they were lying. The indigenous title of the Doctrine of Discovery, another quote by Sir A. MacDonald, it is worthy of consideration whether uh, legislative measures should not be adopted for the establishment of some kind of municipal system among such bands as are found significantly advanced to justify the experiment being tried. It is hoped that the system may be adopted, which will have the effect of customizing the Indians into the modes of government prevalent in the white communities surrounding them, and that it will thus tend to prepare them for earlier amalgamation with the general population of the country, 1880 being stripped of their hair, being stripped of their language. It was forbidden for these children to speak their language amongst one another. To wean them by slow degrees from their habits which have almost become an instinct and by slow degrees absorb them or settle them on the land. Meantime, they must be fairly protected. Fairly protected how? Fairly protected from their, from their cultures, from their, from their parents. Another quote by Sir A. Macdonald, we have been pampering and coaxing the Indians that we must take a new course. We must vindicate the position of the white man. We must teach the Indians what law is. We must not pauperize them as they say, we have been doing so, 1885. That's just crazy, ladies and gentlemen. How could, you know... I mean, how could this even happen? You know, slavery throughout the, the United States. You wouldn't even think that would ever even come about. That would never even happen. Countries around the world have very dark secrets. You know, slavery in the United States is a, is a big black eye on the United States. These residential school systems here in Canada is a is a serious black eye on Canada And even though you you, you would think that okay this was mid-1800s but the last residential school closing in 1995. And I said earlier, you know, people out there think you have it so bad. We take our liberties and freedoms and everything for granted. In a free country as Canada, United States. There's a new social media app out there designed by Donald Trump. Maybe you want to go join that for all the media literate people out there who just seem to be so hard done by. You know, in in the past year, ladies and gentlemen, um, with the uh, residential schools that no longer exist, and the... um, Doing uh, ground searches um, for remains of indigenous children are happening at formal residential school sites across Canada. The one search comes months after the country was rocked by the news of the British Columbia in the spring the First Nations announced 215 unmarked graves had been found at one of the formal residential Indian residential schools. Using the technology that they're able to scan the ground And to find and and to find um, remains of children on these residential school grounds, families were never notified ever of what happened to their children. You know the children that you know ran away from these schools. Some didn't survive, and the other ones that did, they were brought back and punished. You know these children trying to get away. The they probably didn't realize how far away from home they really were, because they made sure that they wouldn't be within walking distance. To be hundreds of miles away from their reserve, more than a hundred and fifty First Nations Métis and the Inuit children were mostly forced from their families to attend the boarding schools. Like I said, from the late eighteen hundreds. This was actually, I said 95, this was actually 96. With the goal of replacing indigenous languages and culture with the English and Christian beliefs. And the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which released its final report on the residential school systems in 2015, says at least, (coughs) excuse me, At least one in every 50 students died, with 4,100 having officially died, although the numbers would believe much higher. And to date, more than 1,800 confirmed or suspected unmarked graves have been identified. It's unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, now they have here uh, locations where previous searches for the unmarked graves have taken place and most of which resulted in discoveries. And the indigenous people of Canada has been calling for this for for decades. There's a monument that exists to recognize roughly 300 people, 161 who are indigenous children buried near the formal Sacred Heart School in, in Fort Province, the Northwest Territories. And the first residential school in, north, in the north, the Catholic-run institution, opened in 1867 and operated between 1906 and 1960. And throughout most of its history, between 65 and 75 students were enrolled at the school, although the enrollment stood around 100 in the 1950s. And this ground, um, this ground-penetrating radar was used in the 1990s to, uh, to locate the cemetery. And the same technology was used in Kamaloops and has since been adopted by other communities conducting searches for unmarked graves. Williams Lake British Columbia The First Nation says it has discovered 93 potential burial sites on the grounds of a formal residential school. So, uh, the Williams Lake, located in British Columbia's interior between 1886 and 1981. No, this is a long process, you know, of finding these sites and using that, that groundbreaking penetration in order to discover unmarked graves. And, and you know the the challenges that the indigenous people have have gone through throughout history and into the 21st century. You know, of the mistreatment, racism. Mm -hmm. And by marking a day here in Canada, every September the 30th, it's a national reconciliation day. And what kind of compensation should be paid out to these families, these survivors of over the centuries and decades? The Catholic Church still has yet to apologize. Another Christian. Yes, primary, uh, prime ministers in the past have apologized, but apologies only go so far. When action is required, because action speaks louder than words. And you think you have it so bad with everything that's happened across this country with these protests. You should just be thanking your lucky stars, I guess. The problem with society today is that people just take their freedoms and liberties for granted. You take your freedom of speech for granted. It's unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. You know, how many more... How many more... Unmarked graves are they going to find? They'll start that search back up in the springtime, right? When the, when uh, all this snow melts because... You know, they won't be able to use the equipment they have in order to, to keep doing this. And that everything that the indigenous people were saying was true. You know, it's really hard to to try to understand that, you know, people just were not believing what was going on in these residential schools. And how could they possibly go as long as they did to 1996? You know, how would you like to be stripped of your heritage? your culture, and your language. Oh, then you can holler freedom. Oh, then you can say it's oppression. Or maybe slavery in the United States. And all the trials and tribulations... And all the freedom marches, Martha Luther King, just to get the basics for black African-Americans. I couldn't even imagine what that would have been like living in the United States in the, in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Got a ride on the back of the bus. Whites only in the laundromat. Can't drink out of the same water fountain as white people. Couldn't go to Six Flags parks. And white people think they got it so fucking tough. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The white supremacy assholes out there. hatred, racism, all still lives today, going strong as it ever has, restrictions during this, COVID, this COVID-19 pandemic, and you think you had it real tough. Unbelievable. These these challenges and the ongoing struggles of the indigenous people of Canada continues today. It's unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. So I did want to bring you a little bit of history. And, you know, learn a little bit of history of Canada, you know, on the dark side. Whereas people would look at Canada to say, oh, what a great nation you have over there. Friendly Canadians. Yeah, we are friendly Canadians. Yeah, we have health care over here. It's not free, by the way. We pay for it through our taxes. Yes, we have vast lands surrounded by three oceans. Have the most inland lakes in the world. Freshwater lakes in the world. But this country has a serious black eye. And it's not healing fast enough. It's going to take a lot of time. A lot of time. This is only the stepping stone. Of using this brown this groundbreaking penetration in order to find unmarked graves at once where these resistance these residential schools stood. And it just goes to show you that the indigenous people were telling the truth. You know, and still the way they're treated, you know, you know when they uh, protest over land and how fast the authorities move in and clear them out. And yet nothing was done. for three weeks in Ottawa with that blockade. All white people, folks. Until the federal government invoked the Federal Emergency Act. They cleared out Ottawa in three days. All the streets are open. Businesses, once again, once again, can open. People can go to work down there now. Because they weren't able to do that. So what about, we talk about liberties and freedoms. When you have a blockade. Preventing, impeding other people's rights. And movements. If that was anybody from the first nations of this country. know was like that. That wouldn't even happened. That would never even happened. And their and their and their struggles, and their their continued fight for rights and respect. The government wants to reconcile. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, when I first heard about these residential schools and that would be, you know, early nineties. And like I said, the internet computers were just beginning. Cell phones weren't your, your cell phones that you have today. You know, if you had a Nokia cell phone, you know, it, you know, all you could do was dial a number. It wasn't it wasn't a, a, a smartphone? <clears throat> Excuse me. None of this stuff was was in, in, in history books. It wasn't in the inter, internet because the internet was just just being born. So there was still no way to research anything. And then as things came more to light and everything, you know, about residential schools, I thought, why not look into this and find out what was going on here? Find out what it is about. Give myself a little history lesson. Because like I said, none of this was taught in schools. I mean, this is just appalling that this even went on and for as long as it was, for as long as it was allowed to, to go on And and the government, you know, just sweeping this under the carpet, just hoping that it'll just go away. So, and you know, these things, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I support, you know, I support them and, and, and I, you know, stand with them, you know, for sure. they have a lot i mean they have a lot on their plates you know from 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 treaties signed in the past over land and the fight the, and the fight continues over land Pipelines running near or want to go through their land. That struggle continues. Unsafe drinking water throughout reservations Shouldn't be happening. And it is happening. Being treated poorly in our health care system. That's where racism comes in. Inadequate treatment in the healthcare system towards indigenous people. Hopefully, in the months and years to come, that we know we we, we know uh, could get you know through this and go through this with them. We are all just immigrants here. They were here first. We take over the land, and we industrialize it. We give them a piece of land, and we take a bit, take it back bit by bit. You know, the the, the culture uh, of the indigenous people of Canada is, to me, is something that, you know, is pretty, is pretty astonishing and pretty amazing. Something that I would be certainly interested in, in learning more of their culture and their heritage and how they celebrate their culture and heritage. You know, and part of that, the government making uh, the uh, Reconciliation Day um, a, a federal a federal holiday, you know, is a time for people um, to go out. You know, because the Indigenous people, you know, will be putting on uh, on displays of their heritage and their culture. It's something to to, to learn about and get involved in because they're people too. You know, as we move forward, um, you know, like here in Ontario, um, today is, what, the 21st. So pretty much everything is opened up, up to full capacity. Vaccine mandates will be lifted on March the 1st. Mass mandates will be lifted in the middle of March. And we just move forward from there. We get on a merry way. And uh, for those people out there that think they had all their liberties and freedoms stripped away from them, and suppressed, and put into oppression through this pandemic you need to give your head a shake. So I hope this is a little history lesson for you, ladies and gentlemen. There's lots of things to learn about Canada. Do your homework. Do your research. And that's not just Canada. You want to learn about other countries. You want to learn about other cultures. You want to learn about other other things. Do some research, do your homework, discover even in your own country. How does your country become to what it is today? What were all the movements to get you to your country to where you are now? How did the democracy come about? You know when I when I see and hear people weighing in on what's going on here in Canada when you know nothing about our rules and regulations and our laws here. You know, and... and (laughs) I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, do your homework. Enjoy the rest of your day. This is family day here in Ontario, Canada. It is a day off for uh, a lot of people. It's not a stat holiday, it's a provincial holiday. It's your birthday today, happy birthday. It's a really nice day out here this morning here. Blue skies, a little bit milder temperatures. Still lots of snow on the ground. So there's lots of outdoor activities families can get out there and do today. Take your kids to the park. Take your kids to the outdoor skating rinks. Take them to the nearby tobogganing hills, ski hills, the tubing hills. This is family day. Go out there and enjoy it. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Take care, be safe, stay out of trouble, and enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy your week.